talk us in. Talk us in. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to It Happens Everywhere. It's fantastic to see you all here. You're in the back. You're looking good. I'm loving this. Big audience, as per usual. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Thanks, thanks. As you know, with the shitty introduction, this is It Happens Everywhere. And I hope you're all doing well. I hope everyone's had a jolly old week. Um, Emma, you doing good? I'm doing great. I'm living my best life. (laughs) Living my best lockdown life. That is what I like to hear. Emma, that you're living your best life, regardless of it being lockdown or not. You're living your best life. That's what I want you all to do. Everybody, live your best lives, period. Woo! New week, new episode. Uh, Emma's episode this week. <laughs> no idea what she's talking about. Um, I'm just going to let her roll with it, and we'll see if it's any good. <laughs> I'm a supportive co-host <laughs> So this week um, We are delving into the eyeball murderer Eyeball murderer? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like this already And on any other given day I probably would This was tough <laughs> Today <laughs> This was really tough. So Charles Albright was adopted as an infant from an orphanage in Amarillo, Texas by Freda Albright. Amarillo? We we haven't been to Texas, have we? Yeah. I've been to Amarillo. Dick. I mean, with our stories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have we done a Texas one? We haven't done a Texas one, no. So bring bring it in. Yeah, Fresh. absolutely. It's good fun, though. Yeah, it's a fun time. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of that this week. Dick. Dick. What is that from? I don't know. Dick. <laughs> There's something and they just have, like, an argument with each other and they just call each other Dick. That's going to really piss me off. Will you keep on that? Okay, yeah, you can't remember the story. Growing up, Charles was a difficult child, and there are theories that his behaviour stemmed from his mother, who was a school teacher, being very strict and overprotective. But she pushed him with his education, and he skipped two grades in school. He was a very bright child. Very clever. And then, in true American fashion, as a teenager, Charles got his first gun. What gun did he get? A shooting one. Not that I'm going to really know, but it's just a question that came to head then. One that goes... (laughs) Shoot! (laughs) Um, So he used... (laughs) This is a bit much to that. He used this gun to kill small small animals. That's like a... That's a sign. And his mother used to help him stuff his prizes as he had a keen interest in taxidermy. But as she couldn't afford the expensive glass eyes used by taxidermists, she made Charles use buttons for eyes and stuffed animals instead. (gasps) And a lot of people think that this is where his issues stemmed from because of never being able to sort of use the eyes and his little stuffed animals. Okay. Is this where the um, idea for the movie Coraline came from? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) 
Um, by the age of 13, Charles had been arrested for aggravated assault and had already clapped up several petty theft crimes. By 17, he had spent a year in prison after police caught him in possession of two handguns, a rifle and some stolen petty cash. Jesus Christ, that's a lot for some petty cash. Uh, well, I mean, he had three guns on him as well. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot of guns to just get some petty uh, cash. Like, petty cash to me is just like some pennies, coins. <laughs> I thought you were saying that that was a long time to spend in prison for some petty cash. And I was like, well... <laughs> This is oh, going well. so well. Like, this is a really good episode. Thank you. I'm doing that. Oh, she's trying to do that hand click thing. I can't do it. I've never been able to do that. I just used to click my fingers. <laughs> oh, you're so clever. I didn't hear that. I can't, I can't hold it. <laughs> and you're very clever. Who I am? Hmm? I'm clever. What? I'm a clever girl. Do you call me clever? Yeah. Why? Because I can click my fingers. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Did, did you, were you saying you clicked your fingers as you were? <laughs> no, I said, like, when clicked. that... No, like, when that thing started, like, for some reason it was such a big deal back in the day, because I couldn't do it, I just used to click my fingers and people would think, you've done that hand-clicky thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do that. I give up. I can't do it. Fuck I off. Heard that oh, come on. I heard that then. I heard that. Upon his release, it looked as if Charles was trying to turn his life around. He enrolled onto a pre med course at Arkansas State Teachers College. I was so proud that I didn't say Arkansas that I couldn't say the word teachers. <laughs> He was a popular student and excelled in the subjects that he enjoyed. During his first year, Charles broke into a girl's dorm to steal nude photos. It's also reported that he took some photos of a friend's ex-girlfriend and cut the eyes out, then pasted the eyes onto photos of another girl and also onto the walls in his dorm. So he had a wall of eyes. Eyes. Yeah, it's an interesting fellow. Mm. But also something like in my head right now, because like when you see a photo of a person, their eyes aren't that big, unless no. it's just like a close up of your face. So he, is he just got like a million tiny, tiny little eyes? Bear in mind as well, this is in the fifties. I so it's just like a Polaroid. I'm even smaller. Very, uh, that's what I was thinking, but I was like, you know what, we'll roll with it. I, I don't need to be reading about eyes today. That's a bit much in this state. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> okay, he's called the eyeball murderer. How did you not know it was going to be about eyeballs? Because when I read it, he was called... The media had given him the name, the Dallas Ripper. Okay, so... Okay. Okay. And then I went on to realise that his actual given name was Eyeball Paul. <laughs> his actual given name. His, his birthright name. <laughs> Eyeball Paul. 
Thank you very much, eyeball Paul. Is this thing going well? I'm there, but I think there's a delay. No, I'm just being a dick. (laughs) At age 19, he met Betty Nestor. He used his charm and convinced her to give him the keys to the entire college. I don't know why she had access to the keys. I've literally written that in here because I knew you'd ask me. <laughs> don't know why she had access to the keys, but he he used a change charm and convinced her to give him keys to the college. And, and he broke into the office and stole some equipment and he was caught and expelled, but the college never pressed charges or prosecuted. They just expelled him. Um, in December 1954, Charles married Betty and they soon conceived a daughter. Being a master of all things dodgy, I clearly was losing the will to live when I wrote that sentence. <laughs> Being a master of all things dodgy, in 1968, Charles stole documents, forged signatures and gifted himself a fictitious bachelor's and master's degrees. Okay. But his his forgery was discovered two years later and he was sentenced to probation. And then in 1975, Charles and Betty separated, although their divorce wasn't actually official till 87. But they separated, they, they broke up. Continue swaying so I know that we're working. So in... <laughs> In 1975, Charles and Betty separated, although their divorce wasn't official until 1987. In the years following this... Charles was arrested several times and even served another stint in prison for theft and forgery. <laughs> you enjoying yourself? I am, actually. But as with most con men, Charles was the picture of charisma. <laughs> yes. He was known and liked in his neighbourhood and many of his neighbours put their trust in him. It was not uncommon for his neighbours to ask him to babysit their children. In 1981, Charles pled guilty to molesting a 14-year-old girl following the death of his adoptive mother and a visit to his birth mother. So is he blaming the death on him molesting this child? Well, he received probation again because apparently this man just lives on probation and doesn't actually serve any time for his crimes. Do any of them them that we talk about on True. He later stated that the only reason he pled guilty was to avoid a hassle, and he was, in fact, innocent. Right, sure. In 1984, he was rejected by the Boy Scouts of America when he applied to become a leader for them. Mm. I'm not sure what relevance that has to the story, but I quite liked it, so I thought I'd put it in. (laughs) I mean, why would you apply to be a Boy Scout leader if you've got a molestation charge? Maybe he, just, he wanted to just molest more kids. It's an easy way of going, isn't it? I just hate that sentence. <laughs> what sentence? I guess he just wanted to molest more children, and that's one way of going about it. It's just. Oh. I could get what you're saying. It's just a vile sentence. <laughs> I was like, I don't quite know how else well, I could say this. One of them. <laughs> yeah. In no. In 1985, Charles met a lady called Dixie. Oh, that's a cute name, isn't it? <clears throat> she quickly moved in with him and was soon the main breadwinner of the household, paying all of the bills and supporting him financially, despite him having recently inherited, inherited 
$100,000 following the death of his father. His, fa- his adopted father or his birth? Presumably adopted. Nothing to do with um, the story. I'd just like to know the ins and outs of everything. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was his adopted. I'm not sure he knows who his, his real father is. Ah, oh, OK. Um, he, it was reported that he got himself a little paper round when Dixie moved in and he used this as an excuse to sort of go and get some prostitutes. OK. So he, he could sort he, of... It, sorry, how old was he at this point with his paper route? Oh, old-ish. Sixties. Mm. Sixties. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And yeah, so he was use he was using it as a cover basically, so Dixie didn't find out that he was banging some prozzies on the side. Now, that is a beautiful sentence. <laughs> banging some prozzies on the side. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know another polite way of saying it. <laughs> so <laughs> in Dallas. On, in a suburb of Dallas that I did read but didn't put in. And On December the 13th, 1990, the body of Mary Pratt, a well-known prostitute, had been found shot dead in the back of the head with a .44 calibre gun. Is that how you say that? Um, yeah, or like 44 millimetre calibre. I, I don't know. I'm not up with my gun lingo. No, unfortunately me either. She had also been badly beaten. Upon the autopsy, it was discovered that Mary's eyes had been removed with surgical precision and apparently the killer had taken her eyeballs with him. I don't know if it's just the way the sentence was written, but it was like only upon the autopsy did they notice that. Yeah. Literally, like, did he like close her eyelids? Can you close your eyelids without any eyeballs in them? Yeah. But I don't know, it's just weird to plead. Just try. I'm not going to take my eye. Let me whap whap your eyeball out and then I'll see if you can can shut your eyelid. We like to give our fans all the answers, so we are willing to try these things for you guys. Last week we had Harry Bow in the freezer. This this week we're whapping eyeballs out. It's (laughs) gone from one extreme to the other. We're just, we're here for the people. Amazingly, this gruesome murder was kept out of the media and with no leads, the case went cold. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. On the 10th of February, 1991... What was that? Was that a birth? Were you heaving? No, I had a birth. Oh, okay. <laughs> Found the new TikTok content for this week. On the oh, 10th there's so much in this already. <laughs> On the 10th of February 1991, the body of Susan Peterson, another prostitute, was found on the same street that Mary had been found. She was almost naked and had been shot in the top of the head, in the left breast and in the back of her head. I don't know why I felt the need to point to them all. Just to show. Just in case you don't know where the back of your head is. It made me read the sentence easier. Um. Susan's eyeballs had also been removed with the same precision, but they, they found that out then at, on the site. I presume they lifted her eyelids and yeah. they weren't there. And the media got hold of this news of these murders and dubbed the culprit the Dallas Ripper. Mm-hmm. 
they dubbed him the eyeball murderer in the first place, we wouldn't be on here now, would we? <laughs> <laughs> on the, March the 10th, 1991, the body of another prostitute, Shirley Williams, was discovered. She was naked, had been badly beaten and had a broken nose. She had been shot in the face and through the top of her head. Again, Shirley's eyes had been removed. A red condom was found nearby and a pubic hair from a Caucasian male was found on her body. I uh, like the specificness of that. It comes back. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. I'm not going to say anything else now. Investigators were unsure at this point whether the cases were related or whether Shirley's murder was that of a copycat. Although the cases were similar, she didn't fit the same MO as the others. She was African-American where the other two victims were white. And although her eyes had been removed as well, they hadn't been removed with the same precision as the other two victims. But it was later discovered that the bullets found in Shirley's body matched those that were found in Mary's. All three cases were linked and the police were looking for one murderer. Charles drifted onto police's radar after a tip-off stated that Charles had recently become acquainted with Mary before her death and he was known to have a strange obsessions with knives and also eyes. Two interesting obsessions there. Well, I just think... If people know this, why why has he got so many friends? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he was a popular... He was a popular guy. I don't get it. But, I mean, people are weird. I'm finding that the more the longer lockdown goes on, the stranger people are, I swear. Um, other prostitutes came forward to report that they had also been assaulted by Charles. Not a nice man. Are they... Were they, they were not jumping on the bandwagon? They were they were real. Um, well, they were statements. they were alive. Obviously, they're alive because they're talking to the police. Well, when you were like, they're not jumping on the bandwagon. I was like, well, they're alive, and I presume they've got their eyeballs. <laughs> Probably not. No, I just mean like because there's all these prostitute murders happening. Were they like jumping on saying, "Oh, I've been abused by him as well"? Maybe. Or... We'll come back to that. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> police got a search warrant based on this information, and in his house they discovered several knives, a .44 caliber revolver, a red condom was found, similar to the one found at Shirley's crime scene. Uh, okay, let's come back, let's come back round. Along with several books on serial killers and Nazis. And disturbingly, the police found a collection of dolls, all of which had their eyes removed. I mean, even without the eyes removed, just finding a collection of dolls in someone's house is creepy enough for me. This man's just weird, man. Mm-hmm. So they didn't find any bloody clothes, but they did find some underwear and socks soaking in bleach, which, I mean, my mum does that. I mean, I know my mum's, like, you know, some white. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a nice, nice little laundry uh, tip for you all. <laughs> we'll do a laundry tip of the day each episode. Soak your whites in bleach. Laundry tip of the week. Well, that's a new segment. That's going in. On Charles's blankets and in the vacuum, they found fibres that could link him to the murders. And inside the vacuum, they also found hairs consistent with Shirley's. But with the DNA testing technology that they had at that time, because this was still quite early, with I think they did have DNA testing, but nothing 
Like it was really quite early on. They couldn't. They just. They could just see that they were consistent. They couldn't say that they were specifically yeah. Shirley's. They took samples of his hair, which matched the hair found on Shirley's body. But again, they couldn't exclusively say that it was his hair, just that it was a match. Yeah, yeah. So it could have been him, but it could have been someone someone else's, but it, it matched him. Mm-hmm. Um, later, it was discovered that the bullets found at the crime scenes did not come from the gun found in the house. Plot twist. Um, despite being completely unaware of his criminal past, Dixie, his wife, claimed that Charles had been home at, at the time of all the murders and even provided receipts from a garage proving that their car had been unavailable at the time of the first murders. The first two. Big plot twist. Plot twist, indeed. Charles was arrested and charged for all three of the Eyeball murders, as well as an unsolved murder from 1988. Another prostitute, Rhonda Bowie, was found stabbed to death, although her eyes hadn't been removed. But they linked him somehow when he was charged with that one as well. On the 2nd of December 1991, the trial began. But things started to fall apart for the prosecution team. One of the prostitutes who had earlier accused Charles of attacking her withdrew her statement saying that she'd been coerced by police to make that statement. Uh Aha. A piece of evidence from Shirley's murder, a yellow raincoat, had been thrown away. But the jury did get to see the raincoat before it got thrown away. So I don't know at what point it was thrown away. I, I don't. People are stupid. And Charles's neighbour backed up Dixie's claims that the car had been unavailable. Interesting. Um, the case began to rely heavily on the hair evidence which linked Charles to the murder of Shirley. The charge was dropped for the murder of Rhonda due to him having an alibi. Okay. <clears throat> on the- hey? I was going to say, do, you, do we know who this alibi is? Or It didn't say. It's an alibi, okay. He just had one. Um, Guessing it's bullshit, but that's just my personal opinion. I'm going to get totally get sued for slander. I am. <laughs> On December the 18th, 1991, the jury found Charles Albright guilty, but only of the murder of Shirley Williams. Oh, okay. I think because the evidence, like the hair evidence, linked him yeah, to her yeah, murder. Kind of an obvious hit. Then. That was like evidence enough for them, but there was just weren't enough evidence for them to convict him of the other two. Mm. Although to me, the bullet was the same. The bullets in Shirley and in Mary were fired from the same gun, so logic to me dictates the that it is the same. But whatever, what do I, what do I know? He was sentenced to life in prison. Only a podcaster, Emma. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> His defence team appealed the conviction, citing lack of evidence, but this was overruled. Uh-huh. Bravo. Um, Charles is currently being held at the Texas Department of Corrections in Amarillo, and he's still reported to have a morbid fascination with eyeballs and takes a keen interest in any news stories in which eyes have been cut or gouged out. Oh, creep. Imagine being his cellmate. That'd be weird, man. <laughs> So he was actually only convicted of one murder. Yeah, he was tried for four, but he was convicted of one. Wow. He's never getting out. Oh, really? Oh, he's, he's, he's in for life, literal life. Yeah, whole life sentence, I think it was. Without that, he's got no chance of parole. No. 
good. We're not best of parole all his life, are oh, <laughs> And that brings me to the end of our delightful libel murderer. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Oh, nice little pleasant story to bring us back to the world of murder. I even oh, changed my uh, facial hair for the occasion. Oh, yeah, you had a shave. I've Just gone for a, looks good. a single a moustache and a soul patch. It's good. I like it. Nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, but yes, interesting story. And the dude's still alive, still in jail. So what, if he was 60, he was in his 60s in late 80s, early 90s, you reckon? Yeah. So he's what, like 80s, okay. 90s now? Jesus Christ. I can tell you. He was born in 1933. Wow. Calculate this because I can't work that out. Oh, I know. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Eighty eight this year. Damn. Die a bitch. What? I said, die a bitch. <laughs> I thought you said die, bitch. <laughs> die, bitch. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, I know we're into true crime, but that that's a bit extreme. Next week, I and mean, it happens everywhere. <laughs> the result of them was die, bitch. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about that story. It was, it got the start and the end. He's in jail. He's caught. But I almost want more. I don't know what more, though. I always ask for more. I need more. It's like, bring this round um netflix this week well a couple of days ago um brought out a four-part documentary on the night stalker richard ramirez <gasps> okay yeah I've, I've not long listened to a podcast about him well i've read about him for for years for a long time um but this documentary i watched all four in the night it's really good really good documentary on it um he was more messed up than i even thought he was who's ugly yes watch the series and you'll see a lot more about him but they said it's an interesting case that one is a very messed up case um but no the series is is really really good i'll give that a go it's really really sad to say like, really sad to say, but I'm going to say it. If you're into design and you like animation styles and all that kind of stuff that I do, watch just watch the documentary for that because they do some really cool things in it. I'm going to stop being a geek now and take my nerd boner away. <laughs> <laughs> nerd boner. That's funny. <laughs> massive, I've got a massive nerd boner. I... So moving, moving swiftly on, because I'm conscious of, like, needing a nap. I'm not going to lie, I need a nap. Um. <laughs> it's time for Florida, Florida. Florida. <laughs> so, June 11th, 2012, a Florida man arrested for calling 911 after his kitten was denied entry into a strip club. The little kitten just wanted to see some boobies. Just wanted some titties. What's wrong with that? 
Well, apparently Florida won't allow you to take your kitten into a strip club. Well, I'm boycotting Florida from now on. My kitten can't go into a strip club. I ain't interested. <laughs> that was all it was. It's just a very simple, easy head on. I like this one because this is what I can only describe as goals. Okay. Man breaks into Burger King and drinks gallons of deep frying oil. Oh. And then I've got I've got more. A Florida man found an extreme way to cheat on his diet last night. He broke into a closed fast food restaurant and drank more than 25 gallons of used oil from the deep fryers. <laughs> I'm feeling sick just thinking of the oil being drank. That's horrendous. How are you started just... cheating your diet? <laughs> you should see this dude's neck, man. I bet his poo slid right out the next day, though. Oh, Emma. Why did you have to say that? Do you not enjoy that? Like a slip and slide. Oh, Emma, shut up. <laughs> Don't do sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You disgust me. <sighs> of all the things that I'd think would bother you, there is not one that I would think but would bother you. <laughs> it just it's the sound you make, but it's I think it's because I felt sick thinking about gallons of oil being drunk, used oil being drunk. Like you can imagine like the fat is separated on the oil already and he's just slurped that up, chomped that down. And then had a, a few sips of oil. No. <laughs> no, no. It, it's the sound, the sound effect you make. That you were bitching before the sound effect when I said it. His poo slipped out. You were like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, poop things sort of make me heave at times. Do they? Yeah. I, I like a bit of poo talk. I don't mind poop talk, and I don't mind poopy jokes. But sometimes I'm just like, I ain't for that today. Nah. And today's that day. Oh. Okay, his poo definitely didn't slip out then. (laughs) He had a nice normal poo. (laughs) And on that note... On that note, I'm trying not to heave. (laughs) Um, Yes, we hope you enjoyed the eyeball murderer. Eyeball Paul. Eyeball Paul. Is given birth name apparently. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I believe we'll see you again, same time, next week. All right. A yeah. uh, years. So we will do. Um, what I'm going to say no. You know where you can find us. We're on the Instagram. It happens everywhere. And we're on the TikTok. It happens everywhere. <laughs> Only two socials again because we're too lazy to do any other ones at the moment. We'll get there. We'll get there. At some point, we might. Um, spread the word. <laughs> Drop us a review if you're listening to us on iTunes. Yeah. Rating and a review. Only nice ones. I don't don't say mean things because I can't take. And 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 that we want. I like. The criticism we need to we need to get better. We need to know what we got to do to be better. Even though there's nothing, because we are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um. Just just tell us that because I, I need my ego massaging, and you tell us how awful we are. He's <laughs> not going to massage my ego. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Let us know what's happening. 
if you're enjoying it, if you guys have got any recommendations of um, stories to tell or anything like that, hit us up. Let us know. Hit us up. I like that. It's good. It's good saying, isn't it? I really like that. Yeah. If you hit us up, I will definitely get a nerd boner. Ooh, you see, Emma's gonna get a nerd boner if you hit us up. Everybody wants to see that. Hope you have a great week. Hope you're all staying safe. You know, wear a mask. Wear a mask. Keep safe. Um, Wash your hands. (laughs) But yeah, you know, we love you all. We thank you all, and we will see you all next week. It happens everywhere. Oh, (laughs) bye bye.